There are many difficulties which confront those who would live as a disciple of Christ. And here on Search for Truth Radio, Brian, our Bible teacher, is seeking to find help from God's Word, the Bible, for those problems and to share them with us. Thanks for tuning in as we seek help together. Today, Brian looks to the Bible to see how we can survive feelings of guilt without letting them damage our endeavours to serve Christ. And here is Brian. Thanks, John. Yes, to feel guilt is to experience emotional remorse, believing, rightly or wrongly, we're responsible for something wrong. Let's take a biblical example where the guilt was real. First, we join the disciples as they exit from the upper room prior to Jesus' arrest. And let's read from Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, starting at verse 26. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, because it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, Even though all may fall away, yet I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, that this very night, before a rooster crows twice, you yourself will deny me three times. But Peter kept saying insistently, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they were all saying the same thing also. Later that night, and this was after Jesus had been arrested, and Peter was trying to get information, we pick up the story again from verse 69. The servant girl saw him, that saw Peter, and began once more to say to the bystanders, This is one of them. But again he denied it. And after a little, while the bystanders were again saying to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean too. But he began to curse and swear, I do not know this man you are talking about. Immediately a rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had made the remark to him, Before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he began to weep. That sad episode for Peter had all started out with Peter having an unrealistic expectation of himself. The Lord had forewarned him that he would deny him. Peter had kicked against that. Whenever we expect more of ourselves than the Lord does, it has to mean that we are being unrealistic. And so we are setting ourselves up for disappointment with all its baggage of guilt feelings. An oldest child may think that he or she is expected to take care of other siblings, whether able to or not. A wife feels she's expected to work 40 hours a week, rear children, keep house, please her husband, all the while faithfully serving in the local church. Church workers may overload themselves with all of the evangelism, teaching, pastoral care and administration that all in the local church are supposed to be involved in. Unlike Peter's case, there may or may not be actual sin associated with these examples. Well, denial is again a theme in the Apostle John's writings, when he challenged people who were denying reality as he began his first letter. Let's pick that up from 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. John says, If we say that we have fellowship with him, that's with the Lord, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 
If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Thinking about what we've read, first, the Apostle John makes quite sure we understand that it's totally unrealistic for us to expect to live a sinless life. Perfectionism is often the first step towards feeling guilty. Attempting excellence is one thing, but demanding perfection is quite another. Then John explains our need to confess the real sins we can't deny. In fact, he says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us. That's 1 John 1 and 9. Going back to Peter, it's not what the crowd said to Peter, as much as what he said to himself, it would seem, that makes him weep. With us, the thing loading us with guilt may be something that others don't know about, but something we feel responsible for. It could be, for example, we weren't available for a friend, and then something bad happened to them. There's a long list of things that tempt us to be anxious about how God will deal with us. While some of us silence these concerns, others deal with a sense of guilt by allowing themselves to be manipulated by others. A single mother allows her 30-year-old son to manipulate her. Her way of dealing with feelings of guilt is to accept this treatment as the price she must pay for what she guiltily believes she is responsible for. Feeling guilty, however, doesn't always mean that we truly are guilty before God. It's good to distinguish between general, vague feelings of guilt and times when we come under specific conviction. The Holy Spirit convicts us of any actual guilt before God. He doesn't just make us feel guilty. Conviction is a heartfelt sense of remorse leading to repentance, whereas mere guilt feelings on their own can lead to anxiety, depression, or some other unhealthy situation. Repentance is about turning around to do God's will instead of continuing in sin. It's one thing to feel guilty about not being the best parent you could have been, but it's another thing, if convicted it's true, to do the best you can from here on in. God uses conviction to help us repent. It's the devil who uses mere guilt feelings to have us wallow in self-pity. Now, whenever we are at fault, we need to accept God's forgiveness. Peter was someone who had learnt to do that. There's no ongoing saga throughout the whole New Testament of how he repeatedly beat up on himself by recalling his denials. The Lord had singled him out for attention and resurrection, And Peter was graciously helped. He was clearly ready to move on. He's a monument to the power of God's grace that we too can access. Realistically, while God forgives, other people may not. Guilt says, I am responsible. But forgiveness says, no payment is required. Some of us are all too easily helped to feel guilty. Usually, this isn't what's intended. But sometimes the legalistic type of expectation that others have of us can produce this effect. It can happen when peers, parents or other advisors flood us with well-intentioned guidance. You know, when God introduced the standard of his law to Israel 
In Exodus chapter 20, this is what we read by way of introduction. Exodus 20 verse 1. Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me, etc., and all the Ten Commandments. You'll recall then that this is the start of those Ten Commandments, but that introduction is so important. It helps us to distinguish between the law, as God gave it, and human systems of legalism that is, extreme rule-based ways of behaving that heap an excessive number of demands and expectations on others. Legalism fails to observe that in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 2 that we've read, the law was not given to earn deliverance and have God adopt them into a relationship with himself, but the law was only given after those things had already been secured. We should live by faith and not by feelings, far less by the opinion of others. If there are times when our emotions suggest to us something different from what God's Word teaches us, then we need to walk by faith in God's Word and not by our feelings. If we confess and God says in His Word that He forgives, and after that we try our best, then any paralysing negative emotions must be rejected as being without basis, being only the devil's tactic. Thanks for your talk, Brian. Uh, did you notice how often the hymn lyrics repeat the words, walk in the light? The Lord Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. So there's no need for us to wallow in the gloom of despondency and feelings of guilt. When verse 3 says, walk in the light, or sin aboard, you shall the victory gain. 
the blood of Jesus Christ the Lord shall cleanse from every stain. Now, you may find it helpful to have the transcript book of these talks. It's available to you if you aren't able to follow the usual route of getting a download from our church website. That's uh, found at churchesofgod.info forward slash media. And uh, you could print your own from your own PC if you wish. But if you can't do that and you need to request a copy, just ask for Going the Distance and write to us by email or by post. And here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, you might also be interested to know that most titles of Search for Truth transcript books have been turned into ebooks and are available at amazon.co.uk forward slash Kindle hyphen ebooks. As soon as you're in the Kindle store, type Search for Truth Brian Johnston into the field and you'll find them. Now, many uh, can also be ordered as a conventional print book from Amazon Books or, or from our own bookstore at www.hayspress.org uh, using Explore Our Shop when you get there. So, I hope you were encouraged by today's study. Many thanks for the privilege of your company today. And do please join me at the same time next week when we find more help from the Bible, this time on overcoming failure, on surviving guilt I hope you were helped, and I look forward to your company for overcoming failure. Till then, it's goodbye and very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, our producer, David, our singers, and me, John. So goodbye, see you again soon, and may God richly bless you. Whoa.